When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be joined by Stephen Summers from MarketplaceSuperheroes.com. Stephen, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me on. This is a true honor to be on a big-time show like this one, Seth. I, I greatly appreciate that. Let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started? Yeah, well, like a lot of people, I'm sure, listen to this show, I had no clue what I wanted to do with my life when I was in my teens. I thought I actually wanted to be a rock star. Uh, so you might have guessed that didn't work out. Um, basically, I was uh, ended up working in a job as a data processor for the government because I was doing that to pay my, my way through trying to make it in music. Long story short, didn't work out. Like, it doesn't work out for a lot of people. Um, when I was in my 20s, I was like, what the hell am I going to do? So, of course... Started Googling around, like how to make money online, how to do this, how to do that, and found lots of different nonsense scams and weird things and everything else that we do. And tried lots of courses, nothing was really working for me. But basically, I, I just landed on physical products because I was a weird little Irish guy with no real knowledge in anything. And I thought, well, if I'm going to sell physical items, I don't have to have a following or anything like that. So luckily for me at the time, I got introduced to a guy called Robert, still my business partner to this day, through my aunt, who was his friend. She heard I was looking to get into physical items. So he was selling on Amazon and eBay in the UK at the time. Uh, we've obviously sell all, all over the world now. And he just said, come on up and check out my operation. He had two warehouses, lots of staff. Did that and fell in love. Freezing cold warehouse, but just fell in love with the business. 
So I quit my job, worked with Robert uh, part-time for, well, full-time, I should say, for about a year. Learned everything I could about the business, started selling some of his stuff secondhand on eBay. I was working in the warehouse basically for free, learning my trade. And uh, after about a year of working together, we decided to completely change how we were doing the business. We decided to only sell our own products that we would import from China on Amazon specifically. And then we decided to start getting our business into multiple countries, not just in the UK. And we also decided let's we don't need the warehouse anymore or all these uh, staff anymore. It was a bit unfortunate for the staff, but it just felt like the right thing to do. So we uh, we just built this business then selling our own stuff on Amazon. And we did that for many years. And then, of course, we've changed over the last couple of years, which we can certainly get into. But that's how that's how I got my start. It's a lot, a lot of work, but, you know, try to shorten it down for you. That's OK. I'm sure the long version's in a book somewhere or if it isn't, it should be. So let's unpack that. that a little bit. What inspired you to get involved in physical products? And let's not assume anything. What do you mean by physical products when you say that? Yeah, sure. No problem. So physical products are physical items that we import from China specifically. We put our own brand on these items as well. So it's private labeling is what it's also known as, in case uh, you, you didn't know that. And uh, we sell them on Amazon specifically. And, the, and we also utilize what's called FBA, in case you didn't know about that, which means fulfillment by Amazon. And all that really means is that we send a small quantity of our goods to Amazon's warehouses in multiple different countries. And then we sell them on the platform. And anytime anybody buys something from us, Amazon ship it out on our behalf and they do the customer support as well. Uh, another, th so, so we'll get into the changes over the last few years and whatever and why we, how we help people and all with that. But, but the reason I got into it to answer your question as well was because I, I wasn't an expert in anything. And I, I was like, well, I can't teach anything because I don't know anything and I don't want to work in this job forever. So I kind of felt like it was my way into business. And I met this Robert guy and he was selling stuff on eBay and Amazon successfully in the UK. And I thought, this is a great first starter business for me. Uh, and it really, it really is a great starting business set for anybody because you get to learn about how to figure out the profitability of things. You get to learn about uh, cash flow. You get to learn about a bit of marketing, copywriting, uh, trademarking. So really, it is a lot in it, you know. And I love that because I was absolutely clueless before I met Robert. <laughs> All right. And now you, how are you determining what products to sell? Yeah, well, it's kind of a long process to, to explain it in words when you're shown. It's a, it's a little bit easier. Uh, but basically what we do is our strategy is underpinned by something called a rule of five. And so the rule of five basically means you take five simple products you sell them in five different marketplaces, like five Amazon marketplaces. Uh, you make five sales a day per product per country, and you're making an average of $5 net profit every time you make a sale. Now, it could be $3, it could be 10. This is just to give you an example of what that would look like. But it's five by five by five by five over a 30-day period of time, which brings you to $18,750 net profit uh, per month. Uh, now, uh, people always get at the calculator at that point and all the rest is like, well, how is this possible? But it's just market multiplication. We take really boring items that are really boring. Like, and I can give you some examples in a sec. Um, we sell them in multiple countries on Amazon. And because we only want them to make a small number of sales, now some go on and go crazy, but we only really want a small number of sales. 
we're not going into as competitive categories as other people. Uh, you know, the things that cover the feet of washing machines to stop them from scratching the floor, that's an example of something. Uh, tomato steaks for grown tomatoes, like these types of items is what we're actually looking for. So, so that's a bit of underpinning philosophy I think is important. And then to actually find them, we go onto Amazon basically, and we what we do is we do this thing called segue searching. And just to say what that basically means is you can look at an item on Amazon and down, down below you can see items related to that item. And really what we're looking to do is assess how big is a market and is there room for us in a market? So let's say we look at an item and we go, it's plastic shoebox. That's what we're looking at. We would go to Amazon, we would type that in, and we would look to see how many results come back for plastic shoebox. Uh, we would look at the best seller ranks of all the plastic shoeboxes on Amazon. And so what we're looking to do is see how big is the market. How we do that is by saying 50,000 is the highest best seller ranked item we can look at. So if we see a market of plastic shoeboxes and every shoebox is like number 500, number 100, number 1,000, it's too big of a market. And uh, on the other hand, if everything's up near 50,000, it's too small. So we have all these different factors, basically, and we have a little piece of software that we built. It's called a roots, it's root scoring system, we call it, where we're just scoring all these different opportunities. And we then develop an overall score that tells us how good a market is. So it's kind of, as I say, it's really hard to explain until you can see it. And we see it you're like, oh, well, you're just looking at the number of results, what the best seller rank kind of uh, uh, what uh, spectrum looks like you're looking at the, the, the is it a boring item is it more of an exciting item and all of that and from there we just determine what's interesting but at the basic level it is items where people are already buying them but in that market it's not too big that we can't get into and it's not too small it's not worth getting into and at the same time it's easy for us to actually stand out because most of the offers are not very good and then finally, we take the same item, we get it into multiple countries, and we multiply ourselves very quickly by doing that. All right. So there's probably a whole multi-day course in what you just said. So <laughs> I appreciate you oversimplifying it for us. So you've got some research methodology to identify products that are that have the right amount of competition, that have the that are where everybody is missing the boat. There's room for you to get in, win the buy box and grow and then get it in other locations. So how are you then sourcing those? So if you decide that if we're using this example of the plastic shoe box and you decide yeah, yeah. plastic shoe boxes are where it's at, how do you <laughs> then find a vendor to supply you with plastic shoe boxes at the right price so that you know you'll make money and that you don't have to buy like 10,000 of them to test it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we, we use Alibaba uh, where we go for to find suppliers. But what we do is we do a, a, a trial order. And before we do the trial order, actually, we look at customer reviews of the products that are already selling on Amazon. We look to identify things people didn't like about the items, uh, opportunities for us to improve the offer, basically. So we always identify um, things like that, like different bonus items, little physical bonus items we can pack in. So again, for a plastic shoe box, well, we know they have shoes. So we might put a little bonus item in relating shoes, something to help clean shoes or something like that, right? So that's just another thing that we do. Uh, but basically we go to Alibaba, we look for something that's a little bit cosmetically different. It looks a little bit different to what everybody else is doing. We don't want to copy verbatim everybody else. 
And then really when we're speaking to those suppliers, we, we, we tell them we want to do a trial order to see how, how it works in our distribution channels. And we usually look for 60% of their minimum order is what we want to negotiate. So if they say uh, it has to be 500 units, so we would basically say, well, it's going to be 60% of that, right? So again, 300 units, whatever it is, uh, is what we would actually negotiate down to. Uh, but before we would even consider placing an order, we would get a sample. And we get a sample from two to three different suppliers just to see the quality. We try to break it, see like how much can we stress test and all of that. And essentially, we get all the numbers back and we have a profit calculator because Amazon have calculators, but they're useless. They don't take in importing costs and all those different things. So once we do all of that, yeah, we, we're in a great spot. We know how much money we're going to make to the cent before we even bring it in. We've sampled it. We, we're confident in the quality. We know what we're going to do to stand out on the platform. We know our research is solid. So we're pretty comfortable to order 60% of MOQ then. And here's the big thing, Seth, that nobody else is doing. Well, we do. Because we built a logistical network from China, we can actually enable our members to split their order into multiple different destinations. So let's say they had 300 units. They could send 200 to the US, 100 to Europe, and uh, sorry, uh, 50 to Europe and 50 to Australia, let's just say, right? Because we have warehouse, we have a big warehouse in the US in Houston. We've got a warehouse in Australia. We've got a warehouse in the UK. We've got a warehouse in Canada as well. So that's a big game changer for our clients that um, not, every, not everybody has the opportunity to do. Usually if you order 300, you have to bring it into one location. The second thing that's really important I wanted to mention, if anybody's in this space, is that you can't actually send in 2,000 units to Amazon anymore. You used to be able to do that, but they said, no, we're a fulfillment center. We're not a warehouse. So do not send us 2,000 units. And so we built this company, Superhero Freight, that I've been mentioning, that enables people to split their orders in China, go onto our containers. And really importantly, we can store it in our warehouses as well because Amazon only wants you to send in a small amount. So we, we, we store it for people and we charge them less than Amazon and we give people the ability to actually sell all over the world, even if they're living at home, which is pretty cool. That is very cool. So how do you then, without giving away obviously the secret sauce, how do you then differentiate your plastic shoe box from the other plastic shoe box that are already on Amazon to get them to stand out? Yeah, so a review mining is, is one thing I was mentioning. Go down and look at the two and one star reviews and see what people weren't happy about. That's a great way to start. Some people might be like, you know, the, the opening on the shoebox was no good. It was it, it ripped easily or it was just poor flimsy quality. All of these different qualitative things you can take notes on. So when you're sampling, you can sample those different things. You can test those different things. You can speak to the supplier ahead of time and say, here's what I don't want. Here's what I'll make sure uh, is not an issue with these items. Uh, but on from that, really, standing out in the markets we're in is not that difficult because inherently we're going into markets that are really very easy to stand out in. I mean, you know, standing out with a tomato steak uh, now it's getting more competitive, of course, but uh, when we started, which wasn't very long ago, maybe a year ago in that market, uh, it was very easy because the, the, the competition was just really poor. The images were really poor. Everything was bad. So we, uh, we like those markets where just the offerings are poor, but there's people buying those items. I think, again, if you were going into how some people teach this, we don't. Maybe you're going to the beauty niche, niche, whatever way you want to say it. 
and you're looking to get into something that's hyper competitive or into the yoga space or something like that, yeah, you need to stand out then. You need to take a completely different approach. But our secret sauce is our research. And it's finding these, uh, what we call hidden gem opportunities, of which there are millions. There's 350 million items sold on Amazon, different items, which is unbelievable. That is absolutely incredible. So now how did Marketplace Superheroes come about? Yeah, so um, I was working with Robert for a number of years and we were we were making good money, you know, and really were making a nice living. The two of us were. Uh, we were going on vacation with our families in the summer. It was it was the laptop lifestyle, quote unquote. We, we, we finally got there after getting out of the warehouses and everything. And I just remember seeing other people teaching this stuff. And I really felt like Robert, even more so than me, you know, Robert's been doing this 20 years or more. And I, I just felt like this guy is like the best in the world at what he does. He's taught me so much. And I had learned a bit about things like webinars and stuff like that. I just said, you know, I think we've got something here we should share with people. So we shared it kind of locally initially, just people we knew, stuff like that. Got our first few people succeeding with their products. And then really from there, I just said, look, I think it's about time we, we got this out to more people. So uh, we had no following at all. And I basically jumped on one-to-one -one on calls with people, talked to them about the program and everything. And it was a very beta thing back then. It was like, this is like, you know, 2014. And uh, I sold a whole bunch of them over a call to everybody. And then from there in 2015, I'd made a whole bunch of connections that enabled us to get our first big partner to promote the program. And it was really much better produced then. And so over the last number of years, we, uh, yeah, we've taught this to now 8,600 people, I think, in total, um, and, and have hundreds of successful students. The one big thing we have as well is, I mentioned the, the, the freight thing, and the reason that's important is because we actually can see how many units our community is shipping with us. So I can tell you this year, we should ship about 8 million units uh, from China to the various locations and also our community should do about 200 to $250 million in revenue this year, estimated, uh, which is great. So we've been teaching this for, for many years now. And uh, as I say, students all over the world, about 60% from North America, and then people from anywhere from UK to Ireland to Singapore. It's a, it's a global community now, which is pretty awesome. That is absolutely incredible. What are some of the biggest challenges people are facing when it comes to starting an Amazon physical product business? Well, the biggest thing for most people, and it's the same with any business, is the, the capital issue, as in people aren't used to investing their money and stuff. I mean, you guys talk about it all the time on the podcast here as well and have lots of entrepreneurs on. And at the end of the day, like in order to be successful in business, you do have to put some money into it. Uh, shock horror, everybody. Uh, but, but I think that is the first one. And once people kind of get over that and understand, hold on a second, my whole life I've been buying food, you know, clothes, gas, whatever. I've never got anything back from that. When they realize actually I'm investing in something that's an, an asset that I own, that I can trade, I can sell, uh, then, then really it unlocks them. Uh, and really what the, the second thing after capital is pulling the trigger on a product. Because yeah, like you mentioned, you do have to assess a market, which we do it in, in depth, but there does come a time when you have to just pull the trigger because you don't know exactly how well something's going to go. You think, well, all my research is telling me it's going to go well, but you don't really know until it comes into stock. And so myself included, that's a big step for a lot of people at the start. But once you get over that step of like, I pulled the trigger, I didn't die, I'm not homeless. 
then you can kind of start to build upon that. You get some confidence, you get your first sales. And now we see it all the time in our community. People are actively looking for ways to increase their capital because it's like, well, I want to get more items in now. I want to be building a half a million a year, a million a year in sales. Um, I'd say there are two of the main ones. And then the final one is just more of a philosophical idea. You know, we, a lot of times in life, we are uh, consuming more than we're producing. And I read this in The Millionaire Fast Lane by MJ DeMarco years ago, and it always stuck with me. And I thought about it, and it's like, if you think about 100% of your time, well, you think about the 80-20 rule, right? Which is, uh, you know, 20% of our time gets 80% of our results, in case you don't know that. Uh, well, you could see the same thing with producing. If I'm producing 80% and I'm consuming 20%, that's really good. But unfortunately, a lot of us are consuming 80% and we're producing only 20. So I think when you put all that together, capital, pull the trigger, start and focus on being a producer, they're the three big things. And then I think finally, it's just the big mistake I do see is people that if they've never done this before, buying a weird item feels riskier than buying a yoga mat. But actually, the inverse is true. The yoga mat is way riskier than the other product simply because of the competitive nature of the other item. And when you're a beginning entrepreneur, it's it's weird. It, 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 like that, that doesn't actually come into your head. You think the opposite is true, but actually you're much better with the, the weirder item. And so what sometimes happens is people get their first item too competitive. Their second item, they lean into the weirdness and then they become successful and they stay successful then. That makes a lot of sense. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? I, I love uh, genuinely, and this uh, some people will try and say I'm full of nonsense here, but I, I'm really not. I love seeing people getting results from our, our stuff. I mean, we do lots of different programs and whatever and have our freight company and all that. That's big for me. And the other thing I think that people might have taken away or maybe haven't, it's this though, we're, we're in the boat with our clients, you know, because at the end of the day, if they don't ship stuff, we don't have a business long-term. So we have to make them successful. So for me, it's seeing the results and then saying to people, you know, we're a community, we're in this together. And if you're successful, we're going to be really successful. And, uh, and if we're not successful in teaching you, then we, we both don't win. And I think that's good because sometimes course creators, you know, they're not always in there with people. Sometimes they make the thing, they step away. Not saying that's everybody, but I've seen that before. And I, I don't think that's the way to do it. All right. Well, we greatly appreciate your time. We know it's incredibly valuable. For our folks watching and listening who want to learn more, where is the best place for us to send them? Yeah, the best place would be to go to marketplacesuperheroes.com. And that's H-E-R-O-E-S. And I would say the second place, I'm going to give you three. SideHustleHeroes.com is somewhere else you can go. And finally, you can just pop over to YouTube and just search Marketplace Superheroes. We've got tons of content on there. If you're watching here on YouTube right now, uh, keep watching more of these videos. And then later on, check out Marketplace Superheroes. All right. Well, this has been Seth Green for Sharkpreneur with Stephen Summers of Marketplace Superheroes. Stephen, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, sir. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening. And we'll talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH 
to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch sheet. sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>